0: The sermon you are about to hear was preached at Mayflower Congregational UCC Church of Oklahoma City by the Rev. Lori Walkie, Associate Minister at one of America's premier liberal Protestant pulpits. At Mayflower, we are an open and affirming peace and justice church, where we believe that religion should be biblically responsible, intellectually honest, emotionally satisfying, and socially significant. We go now to the pulpit of Mayflower UCC Church of Oklahoma City, and to the preaching and teaching of Reverend Lori Walkie.
1: Our scripture lesson this morning comes from the letter to the Ephesians, chapter four, verses twenty-five through thirty-two. So then, putting away falsehood, let all of us speak the truth to our neighbors, for we are members of one another. Be angry, but do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger, and do not make room for the devil. Thieves must give up stealing, rather let them labor and work honestly with their own hands, so as to have something to share with the needy. Let no evil talk come out of your mouths, but only what is useful for building up, as there is need, so that your words may give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with which you are marked with a seal for the day of redemption put away all your put away from you all bitterness and wrath and anger and wrangling and slander together with all malice and be kind to one another tender hearted forgiving one another as god in christ has forgiven you here ends a reading inspired by god may god grant to us wisdom and courage for interpretation
2: In the fourth chapter of Paul's letter to the church in Ephesus, we find wisdom for the ages. Be angry, but do not sin. We know it is wisdom for the ages because Paul stole it, lifted it, borrowed it, albeit not inappropriately since he was Jewish and it comes from the Psalms. The fourth Psalm, verse 4, advises, But when you are disturbed, do not sin. Ponder it in your beds, and be silent. The fourth psalm is full of wisdom that we hear still today. In verse 8, I will both lie down and sleep in peace, for you alone, O Lord, make me lie down in safety, which was adapted into a children's bedtime prayer. Now I lay me down to sleep, I pray the Lord, my soul to keep, made to rhyme for easier memorization. Be angry but do not sin. We actually get this advice in one form or another in other parts of the biblical canon in the book of James. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Or Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 9, Do not be quickly provoked in your spirit, for anger resides in the lap of fools. But despite how often we find this sentiment in scripture, some church folk are still surprised by this permission to be angry, surprised, really, that we are allowed emotion at all. As noted in our prayer of confession, many of us were raised on the idea that good little Christians don't make a scene. As Miranda Lambert sings, Go and fix your makeup, girl, it's just a breakup Run and hide your crazy and start acting like a lady. Somewhere along the way, Christians started thinking that God only wants our praise and that we should keep everything else bottled up tight. It is as if churches posted a sign outside the sanctuary, no anger allowed or sadness or depression, frustration or heartache. Only happy here. If you have listened to contemporary Christian radio lately, you know what I mean. Most praise and worship music is centered on the idea that God is just the best, the best. This idea has resulted in the severe stunting of emotional expression in people of faith. It could be, it could be related to our almost complete avoidance of the Psalms, which is a very messy book, but one that contains all manner of emotional expression. Comparing the Psalms to the emotional range demonstrated in a typical church service shows just how far away we've moved from trusting that God can handle anything we throw at her It certainly reveals that many church people do not believe that grief and disappointment with God are legitimate emotions and part of the life of faith. Before the record, they are. Perhaps this denial of emotion in church is why a country that claims to be so Christian was shocked—shocked—to learn how angry everyone was. I mean, this is what we discovered after the 2016 election, wasn't it? Everyone seemed to be angry about something. Angry that a black man had lived in the White House for eight years, angry that the South lost the Civil War, angry about losing battles over gay marriage and gender equality, angry about globalization, angry that industrial jobs had been leaving the country and financiers had been the primary beneficiaries of record Wall Street windfalls. Angry at feeling left behind, angry at not feeling heard, angry at really not being heard, angry that white evangelical voters who claimed that candidates should be judged by traditional moral values, elected a thrice-married, four-time Chapter 11 bankruptcy filing, misogynist, racist to the highest office in the land—angry. It's no secret that the last two years of preaching have been tricky with all this anger. Either you're a minister who has had to try to walk the tightrope of keeping your job while still preaching the gospel, or you're a minister at Mayflower, (laughs) where you're trying to keep your people from panicking and turning our ecclesiological expression into a giant political rally protesting the government every week. There is, of course, a few other types of ministers, those who either really don't care or those who think God has ordained what is going on in the White House. And we definitely have a few of those congregations around these parts. But even at Mayflower, we get requests to tone it down. I just want to leave church happy. So I think it would help if you wouldn't be so specific in your sermons. After all, they want to know, did you preach against sexual misconduct during the Clinton administration? I I admit that I hadn't, but I was in third grade when he was elected. (laughs) But I have some catching up to do, so Don't Ask, Don't Tell was wrong, and we cannot forget how the new Jim Crow laws affected our neighbors of color and how those new Jim Crow laws flourished under that administration. To be fair, plenty of folks who prefer the preacher make everything perfect so people can go back in time to when their biggest problems were what to eat for dinner exist everywhere. I'll admit that I had no idea making people happy was in my job description, and for that I blame Robin. He's, he's never once told me that we're here to make people happy, and quite frankly, he set a terrible example of preaching pleasing sermons. And I think, though, he must have learned this from the Apostle Paul. Be angry, but do not sin. Anger is assumed if we are not angry, there might be something wrong with our humanity. It's right to be angry about continued wrongs. Flint still doesn't have clean water, and it took 328 days for electricity to be restored to every neighborhood in Puerto Rico. It is important to be angry that a transgender teen in Achilles, Oklahoma was threatened by grown adults. Angry that children are still kept from their families at the border. Angry that the work done to slow global warming is being methodically unraveled. Angry that a person's personal wealth or lack thereof impacts access to health care. Angry that the president uses equivocation to embolden white nationalists. It is wrong to tolerate the intolerable. We we may be tired of being angry, but there must be room in our spiritual lives for anger as it signals injustice, motivates action in the face of apathy, and reminds us of the significance of politics. So lest we fail completely to live the gospel, let us be angry. But do not sin. I suppose it would help to have a discussion about what that means exactly. Sin is separation. Separation from God, from others, and from ourselves. It is being out of right relationship with God, with others, and with ourselves. And it is all connected. We can't get close to others as long as we are so far from ourselves. Do not sin means do not disconnect from God, from others. From ourselves. As Reverend William Sloan Coffin once preached, whatever you do, it must start with love, starting with love toward yourself. There's a a lovely line in a book by f- the French author George Bernanos in the diary of a county in the diary of a county priest. How easy it is to hate oneself. True grace is to forget. Yet if pride would die in us, the supreme grace would be to love oneself in all simplicity as one would any of those who themselves have suffered and loved in Christ. I'd like to engrave those lines on every church door because they make the point that sometimes it is more blessed to receive than to give—at least it takes more humility. So. God grant that we might be humble enough to accept all the love that comes our way, from God, from parents, from children, from friends. Lord knows we need it. And this, too, is true. If we hate ourselves, we can never love others, for love is the gift of oneself. And how will you make a gift of that which you hate? Be angry, but do not sin. Do not disconnect from God, from others, or from yourself. And do not disconnect from your country. Every Wednesday, when we gather outside the unmarked ICE office, it is so that we stay connected. This is why we pray not just for dreamers or for our neighbors who have been separated from their families, but also for ICE officers. Some folk think we shouldn't, but we must. We must stand against evil without becoming evil ourselves. How we protest matters as much as that we protest at all. We call for confession, And repentance and then for us to live into our highest ideals that is a faithful response to injustice be angry but do not sin and so if it is right for us not to disconnect from our country it is equally important not to disconnect from the enemies of our country Jesus taught us, but I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Or, said another way, it takes a sinner to catch a sinner. We would do well to remember that as we wring our hands about Russian interference in our country— the bomb used in the devastating Saudi-led coalition attack on a school bus that left dozens of children dead in Yemen last week, that bomb, that bomb that left little bodies mangled in the street, was supplied by the United States of America. It was part of a U.S. State Department-sanctioned arms deal with Saudi Arabia. We know exactly what the Russians are capable of, because America, too, is in the business of interference. Perhaps bilateral confession of sin would also mean bilateral disarmament. And finally, do not sin also means do not simply mean well. More than a few of us here are tired of being angry. It seems there is so much to be upset about all the time, so much bad news. It's easier to check out, to pretend everything is fine, to hope for a happy sermon. But as, And as author Tim Grierson recently observed, being angry all the time is exhausting and corrosive, But not being angry feels morally irresponsible. It's important to note that most white folk are new to the tired of being angry feeling. People of color, particularly women of color, have been tired for much longer. So we've got a ways to go, white Christians. A ways to go. So how long can we expect to keep it up? How long are we to hold vigil outside the ICE office? How long are we to work for economic justice? How long are we to commit ourselves to recognizing privilege? How long before we can quit being angry? If we're paying attention, probably never. If you keep coming to church here, definitely never. Social justice, which is the work of the gospel, is like singing in a choir. When your throat hurts, rest a bit, trusting that those around you will carry the tune. But when you have recovered, start singing again so someone else can take their turn. That way the song continues and no one loses their voice. And as the Jewish tradition teaches, you are not obligated to complete the task, but neither are you free to abandon it. I do know that no matter who is elected in the next presidential election, it still won't be done. There was much to do before November 2016, and there will be plenty to do after, and there is plenty to do now. And so in the now, Let us lean on the promise of the words in that trusted hymn. Through many dangers, toils, and snares, we have already come. So if we are angry now, I hope we can stay with the feeling, be angry, But do not sin. And to that, the people of Mayflower will add, and love one another, every single other. Amen.
0: You've been listening to the preaching and teaching of Reverend Lori Walkie, Associate Minister at Mayflower Congregational UCC Church of Oklahoma City. More information about the church can be found at MayflowerUCC.org or by visiting Mayflower's Facebook page. Worship services are every Sunday at 9 and 11 a.m. with adult education classes at 10 a.m. Mayflower also has a full church school for children of all ages available during the 11 a.m. service. Mayflower is located on Northwest 63rd Street, one block west of Portland. Thank you for listening.